Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Those Hosts Over There. I'm Boma. It's Nofil. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Hope everybody's having a nice Friday. We're recording this on Thursday and it's so fucking hot. It is hot. We're talking yeah. about how we're both African and we just hate the heat. Like, I'm sweating. I like stuff. the heat in other forms, you know? <laughs> wink, <about>? wink. <laughs> I was like, that sounds sexual. That sounds dirty. This is the person who last episode was talking about being celibate. This is what I mean about sexual energy. Right? This is sexual energy, no fault. Um, so. Still celibate, just so you know. <laughs> Nothing changed the past week? No. Okay, okay. Thank God. So what have you been up to this week, Nuffle? Nothing much, just sleeping and surfing the internet. Not, not for surfing. porn, not for porn. Because <laughs> I, I don't, I don't watch surfing porn actually. <laughs> Buma, did you know? Th- did you know that I don't watch porn? Oh my! Oh God. no, no, no! Don't talk about it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have to. No, please do not. Why? Please. I don't know. No, are you gonna read a part of it? Or yes. Something? No, no, do not. No. Okay, no, so Buma. I guess I will not. Nicole read this really awesome piece about (laughs) celibacy. Basically, it was a piece about basically what we talked about last week's episode. Right, yeah. But there were some really iconic paragraphs. (laughs) The romantic ones? Oh my goodness, yeah. I changed them. I changed them. Like, yeah, in the final, like, draft of it. Oh, I wish I read that. Oh my goodness, yeah. I changed it. I liked it. Really? It was so dramatic. I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, because the thing is, you made fun of me, so that's I why. I mean, I made fun of you, but I, just, I didn't mind it. But it I was thought it was very dramatic. I thought it was exaggerating. It was gonna exaggerate. Yeah, I was exaggerating, like for sure. He placed his hand on my chest, <laughs> and I felt his heart beat. <laughs> it wasn't not like an, that. Not a, not a, that's not an exact quote, but you get the idea. <laughs> I think it was even more corny, it was right? More corny. I was like, that's I, so corny. Because the thing is, I was like ex- expressed like in such like sophisticated vocabulary, while it's like so lame. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, so good. Yeah, thanks, thanks, baby. Anywho, <laughs> pop culture. Have you been following anything in pop culture ever? L- literally nothing. I mm-hmm. listened to Katy Perry's song "Bon Appetit, Baby." What song is that? It's like. It's, it's really good. I actually I like it. Like, sing, like Katie, it right Katie Perry. Okay. I could sing it for you, babe. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Do you want me to play it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, for pop culture. So Brad Pitt recently went through a divorce Angelina. Angelina. Yeah. Um, so in this article, he's talking about really personal stuff. And whenever celebrities get really, really personal, I feel kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know why. What was he talking about? He was talking about why they got divorced. He said a lot of the reasons why they got divorced was his fault. He went to an alcohol addiction. Okay. Which he went like to therapy for. And he was talking about listening to R&B music. He's listening to Frank Ocean and all this stuff. And it feels weird. First of all, know. he's not hot anymore. He was never that hot. Now <laughs> he's just like an old man. Right. But, and yeah. then, but it's just weird hearing him talk about evolving and growing and struggling. <laughs> I don't know. You, you don't expect that, right? I don't expect that. I also feel whenever celebrities talk about this stuff, I feel like there's an ulterior motive. Okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, are you trying to make yourself seem really good? Are you trying to make yourself seem personable? Are you trying to market your brand? It's not authentic. It's not like me and you just talking about life. You know, it's like yeah. this person has a lot to gain from like being real. 
But like, being real is like not really a thing. He's probably getting paid a lot of money to be yeah. on GQ, whatever. He cheated on um Jennifer Aniston to get with her, and now they're getting divorced. And then there's like allegations of him assaulting his kids. Yeah. And child protective services were called. I think he talked about it in the interview how it took him like seven months to see his kids again. Okay. Because of child protective services, not wanted him to have contact with them. <laughs> so, anyways, it's weird, but it just shows Brad Pitt went from being this really huge star who people thought was really handsome to this like old weird looking man <laughs> who's like spinning out words of wisdom i know no, it's not even words of wisdom i mean i guess some people are like ooh deep but i'm like i don't fucking know. <laughs> funny <laughs> that's it i can't think of anything else on my phone. <laughs> that's so oh funny. my gosh do you watch any tv shows no oh i've heard about dear white people and i've heard about 15 uh, reasons why uh dear white people is mm-hmm. about like I racism a, do you watch a movie no, it I don't watch on, anything. I, sh- I should start watching. Campus, like, I kind of want to watch this series, though, honestly. Yeah, I, becoming a series, right? Yeah, I think of, like, signing up to uh, Netflix, because mm-hmm. I haven't mm-hmm. yet. And I think I'm really interested to watch yeah. it and see it was, the take it was on a good, it. It was a good movie. Have you watched Game of Thrones? No. Oh, yeah, so it's coming back next month. And then Sense8, which is a really cool show. I feel like you would like Sense8. Really? Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I'm very critical all the time of like yeah. what I watch kind of thing. So that's why I stopped watching. Yeah, yeah. Because when I was trying to have Ozman very critical like, of how racist, like, yeah, racist they are and stuff see, like that. You would have a lot of critiques on, about Sense8 because basically the premise of Sense8 is there's like eight people who are born, all born on the same day. And then through whatever, the show kind of explains it. <laughs> they're all kind of connected like through their senses. So they mm-hmm. can kind of like act on behalf of each other and call on each other if they need help. So one of them is an actor, so sometimes in a sticky situation and they need acting skills, they can channel the other person kind of okay. thing. And all eight of them in like different parts of the world. So there's one in Kenya, one in Mexico, one in Germany, one in Korea, and like elsewhere, and one in the US, kind of okay. all over the place. But the weird part of a sense eight is it's still kind of stereotypical. Although I see what they're trying to do, there's like a gay character, there's a trans character, there's a okay. black man, there's an Asian woman. It's a very diverse cast. However, we talked about this before. I feel like the two white characters, there's more than two white characters, but at least the two two of the white two of the white characters are play a, a weirdly central role. Okay. They don't have to. Their stories are quite boring for them to be like the yeah. center of the show. And the the Asian woman obviously can fight. <laughs> she, she like randomly knows how to do martial arts and stuff and then the latino guy plays although he's gay but he's an actor so people don't know like people only recently discovered that he mm-hmm. was gay he plays the role of the sexual latino lover it's like kinda, okay. it like really goes with stereotypes okay you know yeah so anyways but it's, it's a very complicated very intellectual as, as intellectual as tv goes <laughs> <laughs> which is not that intellectual right yeah um but it, there's a lot going on that i think you may enjoy and there's a lot to critique because you know how some shows you critique it and you can't enjoy it anymore yeah i think it's a show where you can critique it but still can enjoy it cool yeah so if i'll give it a out, watch if you're gonna check out a show on netflix you should watch it it's sure free. i feel like i always give you tv show suggestions i know i never watch it i know <laughs> You need to like, come to my house or something and just sit down for like hours and just sure, watch all these shows sure. and like, recommend to you. If you cook me food, I will. I will cook you food. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll come over. Yeah, let's Honestly, do it. Honestly, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you are fake news. So, time for some news. Also known as fake news. Are we going to talk about some fake news today or is it all real? <laughs> it's real news. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about the French election. I don't know anything about this other than the fact that one okay. of them is hot and is young. Oh my goodness, yeah, Emmanuel Macron. I'm gonna look him up. I wouldn't really objectify him, like, <laughs> especially when I'm talking about, like, 
I would object him right as now. a politician. He is a handsome man. Really? That's for sure. However, however, he's like, so there are two people running against each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two candidates. So one is Emmanuel Macron, and he's like a centrist. Okay. And he doesn't really stick with labels, but okay. he's more of a left-wing politician and, and there's no. marine le pen uh-huh. and she is an extremist right wing really? yeah she, she hates immigrants and wants, but uh, what's really interesting though she only likes white french people, people. Mm-hmm. however she hates europeans mm-hmm. like she hates other european countries she hates those who are french of an of a like a, an handsome. arab descent and yeah. stuff like that i feel like this happens all the time in france even more so than um other parts of the world, like compared to US, the US and Canada, because in the US and Canada, there's many types of Canadians. Yeah. I feel like because French nationalism is so strong, lots of times people think of French French people as like the white French people. Yeah. While Arab French people, black French people feel as French as fucking white French people. And they've been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. You know, yeah. That's the thing. And they've been like, they succeeded like yeah. at so many levels, right? They on so have. many levels. So it's like, yeah, there's a lot of uh, discrimination. Yeah, also, exactly. they're not integrated well yeah. into society. But they're, so but they're there. They have a huge presence yeah some of them actually do suffer yeah. from like because being treated as like yeah. second class citizens course, yeah. and such yeah but the thing is she's such an extremist so mm. she hates everyone kind of thing he um admitted that the colonization of algeria was a an act of genocide really yeah Ma- marine le pen said colonization is good because it <gasps> benefits people yeah. No, she didn't. Yeah, she said that. This was in the debate. No, this is like because I've been watching it for so long. Okay. Like, yeah, because the thing is, I, I was just curious whether I'll be banned from entering France or not. <laughs> I'm not joking. And also, there's a, like such a huge Muslim and Arab Why presence would you be banned in France. Because I'm Muslim and Arab and brown. And... But aren't you a Canadian permanent resident? Even if you are, like, really? Oh yeah, like even if you're a Canadian citizen, they still like, don't ban. Of course. From going into, are you serious? I'm not joking. Like people get banned all the time. They get like sent off back to Canada and stuff. Really? Because yeah, if your name is Nofil Chilig, like, yeah. are you joking? And you're like brown. Yeah. And you look Arab and Muslim. Really? And everything. Yeah. So it's like yeah. if, even in the U.S., it always happens that people mm-hmm. get sent back to Canada because they they they're not like allowed entry into the U.S. based on these reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't you been watching the news? Because they always say Canadians are not. They say no. if you're a Canadian permanent resident and you have a Canadian PR and because um, even with the Muslim ban many Muslims were scared about that and then the US was like no like Canadian they were still re- some of them were still rejected really not, at the not, border not on law yeah. not, not officially but yeah like, yeah. Really? yeah the thing is some of them have yeah. been Canadians for hundreds of yeah. years like they don't have any other nationalities yeah. like citizenships or anything like that yeah. and they were still like yeah at like the rejected. yeah are you serious I'm not I've joking never, I've never heard of this oh before. my goodness Buma I've actually never heard of this before <laughs> that's strange there was this a uh, Canadian guy of a Yemeni origin mm-hmm. and he had both citizenships. He traveled to Europe mm-hmm. and then for some reason they didn't want to admit him to the country. Mm-hmm. Do you know what they did? They sent him back to fucking Yemen. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Not even Canada. Yeah, <laughs> like Yemen. Yemen. So this like could happen to me at any point. That's yeah. why I, I will renounce my Libyan citizenship ASAP. Oh, really? Like I'll immediately renounce it after getting my yeah. Canadian citizenship. Oh. But anyways, going back to the, <laughs> to the French election. Yeah. yeah. So yesterday they had a debate and it was Mm-hmm. very interesting because what happened is that Marine Le Pen was just like insulting Macron the entire time mm-hmm. and that what she said she's like oh France is going to be ruled by a woman regardless of who wins because uh, Macron will listen to Angela Marker's right. like, advice see, okay. yeah and he was like being 
a little bit sassy to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because she was like being rude to him, so he had combat it. Yeah, and it was very interesting really? to see. Wow. Yeah, but he he kept calm the entire yeah. time, and nice. he was like polite and stuff like that. And yeah. he said that she's trying to create a civil war in France. That's what he said. And mm. then he's like, "You focus so much on on fear, mm. but the thing is, the biggest fear we have." Is you right? That's what he told her. I'm like, oh, yeah. go boy. Ah, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> but hopefully, you many... think he's gonna win? Hopefully, yeah. yeah, yeah. If the trend around the world is he for letting fear rule, yeah, right? and the idea of like, oh, we don't want immigrants, like all those anti-immigrant, anti-Islamophobic sentiments, yeah. also because uh, France, particularly is constantly plagued with terrorist attacks, in quote, yeah. right? So, like, Islamophobia is so, so, so rampant in France that if there's a candidate who's saying, I fucking hate Muslims and I want and my idea of, like, who's truly French is a yeah. white person, they're probably going to be like, cool. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, it'll be interesting to see who wins. But I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he loses because... Oh, I, I won't be so surprised at all. Yeah, I won't be surprised they're so at all. They're so racist. Like, yeah. it's really, really insane. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, that's what's going on. Um, <laughs> where are you following the elections? Like, just online kind online, of thing. Okay. Like, uh, France 24, which is like... Yeah, that. France 24. Yeah. I grew up watching that. Really? Yeah, in Nigeria, yeah. we used to it, watch French. In French. English or... Uh, it's, it was French, but then there's... Oh, um, English subtitles. subtitles. Yeah. yeah, I watch it in... Nice. in okay. Sometimes in French, but my French isn't that good. Mm-hmm. But mostly in English mm-hmm. and in Arabic, because okay. there's an, yeah, there's an like, Arabic, Arabic yeah. version of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, something else I've been looking uh, into, well, I'm not really looking into, but kind of following over the news. I don't know if you saw this on Facebook. This Canadian woman based in Toronto, she and her partner were in Belize and they were killed. It's really sad when a tourist is killed overseas. But also, I was just in Belize in January. And what, ma- what makes me very uncomfortable whenever stuff like this happens is the fact that Canadians and Americans are so quick to be like, oh, ew, we're not going to go there anymore. Oh, my gosh. And it's like, bitch, people die in your country all the fucking time. Somebody died right now. The you thing know? is, I don't know. I'm one of those people, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, You're scared of traveling overseas? But the thing is, I'm scared all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm scared of everything. Like, guys, I grew up in Libya. It's like, literally, like, I call Libya hell. Like, that's what, what that country is so yeah. I'm, I'm used to like fear mm-hmm. and the things i don't fear people mm-hmm. particularly and that's really strange like, like like strange circumstances yeah like yeah i don't fear people i fear yeah. circumstances as really? you said like i fear yeah can like certain conditions but it's really mm-hmm. strange that i don't fear people like yeah like i'd, I'd be talking to strangers all the time like yeah. even at night even if they look like weird or yeah. suspicious like i actually never ever fear another human being really yeah which is really strange because maybe because yeah. maybe because i think all humans are evil so that's yeah. why like i don't i don't I go, fear I have them that, i have that same mentality i think most people are evil yeah <laughs> could, could it be it, it could be because of that because yeah. i believe that everyone's like i literally believe that most people are evil i mm-hmm. believe that everyone's evil unless they defeat their inner evilness <laughs> nice. so like maybe that's why i don't fear people because so, i'm like they all suck am i gonna fear all of them <laughs> so now that you hear this news about belize this lady she uh, lived in belize half the year because she had she owned a house there she also owned a house in ontario her partner was american he was also living there they were killed the day before they were supposed to go back to the u.s and that's Canada. really sad really really sad would you not go to belize knowing this i'd be discouraged yeah really? for sure yeah but the thing is why i don't get that i don't know because people get killed i mean but people, people get killed, get killed everywhere. everywhere i know but the thing is for example like I've, i haven't heard of belize before right mm-hmm. so it's not a a country that, you, you're that I, yeah or, or that I, what if it was i was interested Mexico? so the thing is 
Okay, so, like, I really want to visit European countries. Uh-huh. These are the countries I want to visit. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't necessarily want to visit the U.S. unless if mm-hmm. I want to go to New York or yeah. Disneyland, but nothing else. Because I'm very Disneyland. interested, like, <laughs> yeah, because I'm very interested, like, in, in cultures uh-huh. kind of thing, like, in different cultures. And, yeah. And so, yeah, stuff happens in France all the time, right? Exactly. But, and I want to visit France. Uh-huh. But, but the thing is, I feel that I've been, like, wanting to for so long that uh-huh. I cannot, like, sacrifice my desire just because of what happened. Oh, I see. But, like, please, I never wanted to go there. So, like... <laughs> I remember the first time I went to Toronto. I'd been in Victoria for probably uh, three years. I yeah. think that was the first place I'd been to in um in Canada other than uh, Vancouver. Yeah. And my first reaction was, oh my gosh, the airport has like so many black staff. There's black people working there. And then I went in the city and I'm like, oh my gosh, lots of black people. And then I went to this African food store because whenever I go to Toronto, I like to buy a bunch of like Nigerian groceries mm-hmm. so I can't find them here. And it was, I was with my ex at the time, and he was, like, the only white man in the room. Wow. It was, it was a huge, like, it was it was a big grocery store, but all the aisles, kind of, like, back home, where, like, it's all really cramped, and mm-hmm. there's, like, stuff everywhere. And it was so, I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I'm back home right now. It was awesome. I felt so yeah. good. You know what's really interesting? I noticed that people here usually, like, would notice if they're the only person of a certain racial yeah. group in a room, if, like, yeah. whether they're white or black, black or something. Yeah. I never do. Really? Never, ever. So you're never like, oh, I'm the only, like... Brown person, yeah, brown person like, on the bus or something. Never. Really? Like, it never happens to me. But, like, for example, okay, so what happened in my, like, last job, yeah. like, all of my coworkers were terribly racist yeah. to me without even knowing it just because, yeah. like, they're so used to their privilege, right? Mm-hmm. I only know that all of them were white after yeah. being, like, after, like, we were in a group meeting mm-hmm. and then all of them were being racist to me yeah and then i noticed that they were all white, white but oh, like had had they not been racist to me yeah. i would have never noticed that they were mm. all of a certain racial I don't group or anything anymore but when i first moved to victoria i did i did a lot like mm. on the bus i've noticed i'm the only black person here in class yeah like that but i think because victoria has gotten more diverse since like 2010 yeah i'm hardly the only person of color okay in a room or on the bus or something it's quite rare I work, like working in the university yeah it's so like pretty, it's pretty diverse so. yeah usually you notice that when someone starts making a like an implicit racist racist comic, comic. Yeah. and then it's it's tough for me because i usually lecture people after mm-hmm. they're ra- being racist i'm like oh gonna yeah. like lecture eight people <laughs> like darn it time to school people <laughs> right yeah but like i don't know i've been like for example like i've hung out with like groups of like just black people for example yeah. i didn't notice it you were the only like yeah and oh, yeah one time i did because wh- mm-hmm. they were using the n-word a lot oh and then gosh, i kept gosh. saying shut up yeah because the thing is i hardly ever hang out with like mm-hmm. people of black skin color mm-hmm. and then when, when you when you say shut up to a brown person a white uh-huh. person they usually shut up right yeah. <laughs> but like the black people were like oh I, wh- why are you telling me not to use the n-word and stuff yeah. like that and then that's when i noticed all of them were black oh my god yeah because no i was way. telling them to shut up the yeah. entire time yeah and then they because I, I say shut up a lot yeah. so they didn't know because yeah. they were using the n-word yeah but then yeah that's when i noticed all mm. of them were black because they kept using the n-word a yeah. lot yeah like were they using it at each other or were they using it at you too at me as well no yeah but i didn't notice that it was at me <laughs> yeah but no it's always so awkward when you're in a room of people with black people when they use the n-word at each other or at me i'm like i don't really care yeah but when it's when it's black people using the word at non-black people or non-black people using the word at each other is yeah. disgusting. And that's happened to me a few times where like people would just say the N-word and they're like, oops, sorry. And I'm like, oh, did you forget I was here? So personally, <laughs> I thoroughly dislike the N-word mm-hmm. just because of the history behind history, it. Yeah. The same way, for example, when I hang out with like gay people and yeah. they use the like F-word, yeah. faggot, yeah. I feel so uncomfortable. Dude, like, my literally. feelings have changed a lot. Like 2014, I believe, I, went, I was on this panel when I was a student mm-hmm. and it was talking about the N-word. 
And my views about the N-word were very, nobody can use it. But over the past three years, my views have changed. I really? think black people can use it if they want to. I don't personally use it. Sometimes, I mean, I've probably, in the past year, I want to say maybe I've used it like once or twice. But my views about it with other black people using it at each other, I don't care anymore. But back in 2014, when I was on that panel, I was like, no, nobody gets to use this word. But over the past year, few years, I'm like, I don't, I don't care okay. anymore. And I don't know why my views have changed yeah. about it. I just, I'm like, man. But I, do, I definitely don't want non-black people using it. But I yeah. think when black people use it at each other, I don't, I don't care that much. What about black people addressing non-black people with the yeah, N-word? Yeah, no, that's not, that's not okay either. Why not? I, find, I, don't, I don't know. I find it very uncomfortable when, like, my black friends call their like and usually black especially black guys will do that if they have a really cool friend who's not black and he's yeah. like oh you're like you're one of yeah. my n-word and i'm like it's it's weird okay. i find it really really weird i just don't see the logic of it i'm like so how until you do right by me everything you think about is gonna cry don't do it miss Seal. don't trade places with what i've been through So, for this week's segment of No Sister Left Behind, I wanted to call out people and their struggling base. I feel like I'm always calling out people's relationships. <laughs> I know. Maybe because you're single and you're jealous, you know? <laughs> no. That's why I, I don't call out people in relationships. It's not like, no. jealousy. It's growing <laughs> no it's not it's growing and i was talking to my sister yesterday about this when i went through two years of being in a struggling relationship i learned so much that i feel like people are hopefully learning with me really this is what it is <laughs> um so i was in a relationship that was really really hard and um, we ended up breaking up but i learned so much and my problem with this is I was surrounded with um, friends and people who love me who kind of saw me struggle. Okay. But fast forward to two years later, they're doing the same thing I did. And I'm like, didn't you learn anything? <laughs> I don't think people learn I from like, their mistakes. Like, I'm not of joking. Other people. I think you have to learn from your own mistakes. Not even from your own mistakes. Like I see people like making the same mistakes. Yeah, over and over I again. I hope that I learned a lot from my past relationship to not repeat the mistakes you, you I made. You never know, really. I don't, you don't That's know until thing, you're Unless you're in, you're in, a, in yeah. another relationship, um, right? So what really ma- makes me really upset, I'm like, I tell my friends this all the time when they're in relationships, and I'm like, I think you deserve better. Didn't you see me go through my struggles? Why are you repeating what I made? You, you know what and the, you advised me to like not do the same thing, yeah. and now you're making the same mistakes that you told me not to make. You know what the problem is? I think a lot of people do not value themselves as they're supposed to. True. Like, for me, when someone True. would be like, oh, you deserve better than that mm-hmm. person or something. Like, I'm never in a relationship, but, like, mm-hmm. just, like, yeah, in terms yeah. of, like, meeting up with someone or something. Yeah. I always think that they're lying to me or they're mm-hmm. somehow just, yeah. like, complimenting me to make me. To. Well, yeah, they <laughs> have to. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, a lot of, like, I do not value myself as mm-hmm. much as other people value me or see I, me. I think that's true. And I, I say this because a friend of mine who I think is just like, he's one of my best friends, I think is just so amazing and dated a person who I thought was so struggling. Mm-hmm. And same as with me when I was dating this person, people were like, girl, what are you doing with him? You deserve so much better. Mm-hmm. And I think also when you're in a relationship, you see the best in your partner mm-hmm. that other people don't see, right? So my friend was like, you know, he has this quality, he has that quality. But to me, looking at, looking at it from an outsider's perspective, mm-hmm. I think... Yes, everybody has good qualities. Yeah. We hope everybody has good qualities. But this person's terrible qualities that you tell me about, I think they outweigh his good qualities. Okay. But I think the person who's dating that person doesn't see like that. They think their good qualities outweighs their bad qualities. Okay. Interesting. So I, that makes me feel very uncomfortable. I'm like, aren't we learning from our mistakes? Or aren't we learning from 
the mistakes that other people make just so we do better when i see my friends like you know going through struggling relationships it makes me more cautious in my dating life because i don't want to date a person who's struggling okay do you feel that way seeing your friends just go through struggles you're like i don't want to date a person who's terrible yeah i i do but i don't necessarily look up to my friends mm -hmm. to be honest so yeah. like yeah, I don't look. You're not up looking up to them. It's kind of like just observing. Said, yeah. I don't want this person as a partner. Like, but I'm but, but I mean, things. I mean, the mistakes that they some oh, of really? some of my pre previous friends did yeah. make were like pretty obvious. So some of them yeah. were in physically abusive relationships. <laughs> like one, yeah. that is like I'll yeah. never ever be in a, yeah. yeah in a physically abusive relationship. Yeah. Somehow even emotionally abusive yeah. ones like I can't handle mm -hmm. abuse. Like I don't have the energy anymore to handle yeah. it. So I can't like be in an abusive mm -hmm. relationship. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and even like pressuring. You know, for example, like. I don't drink. Mm -hmm. I don't mind dating someone who drinks. Mm -hmm. However, if the person doesn't respect that I don't drink, yeah. if, if they even ask me once to drink with them, yeah. like that's a no for me. <laughs> like I, I, I'm not joking. Like there are certain really? things that I treat I, very seriously. Serious? Well, yeah, and for me, mm. communication is the key. Mm -hmm. So. I will communicate all of my discomforts to this person before mm -hmm. embarking, like, on dating them. Yeah. And, yeah, and for me, like, if you do the mistake once, like, yeah. one of these, like, taboos kind of thing, that's yeah. a no for me, you know? Really? Yeah, for me, like, pressuring me to drink is, yeah. like, like slapping me or, like, being emotionally abusive to me. Mm -hmm. And these are, like, red lines for me. Like, I don't okay. like being pressured, you know? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, so it's like you gotta set those lines you straight, you know? Right? Yeah. I think when you go through a, a huge relationship or a moment or a loss or whatever, mm -hmm. it teaches you. I mean, I hope that like when a person goes through something so iconic in their life, it teaches them lessons and things that you shouldn't repeat, right? But I think yeah. for me, I I mean, I only I've only had one huge relationship, but I would feel weird if people in my life tell me that I I'm, I have patterns of behavior and I keep dating a similar type of person, mm -hmm. and I think that's where. Obviously, love is blind and quote, but love is not that blind. <laughs> right? I don't think it's that blind. I think that oftentimes, if a person and I, I speak from experience too, if people in your life who care about you yeah. tell you that you know what you deserve better, this person is bad for you. Obviously, you don't have to take everything they say seriously, but I think you should probably give it some thought. Speaking from experience, when I was dating this person, people told me he doesn't treat you that well. You know, you don't seem as happy as you mm -hmm. used to. You tell us all these things about him that you obviously don't seem happy with or satisfied with. What exactly are you doing? Like, what, like, what is your thought process, mm -hmm. right? And I think for me, people say love is blind, and I know, yeah, people have blinders on when they're in a relationship. Yeah. But I think you have to take those criticisms or feedback somewhat seriously. Like, you have to actually ask yourself, so what are they seeing that I'm not? Because there's probably a lot of things <laughs> that they're seeing as outsiders that right. they're not, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think people with their struggling base need to do better. And that may mean because you're in that relationship, you need to listen to other people who are not in there and like listen to, or even go to see a therapist. Right. Like, if you can't trust your friend's opinions as being neutral, go to a therapist. Your therapist has nothing to lose. I know. <laughs> yeah, they've not. They're not jealous of you. They don't know you. <laughs> they, yeah, they it's have neutral. something to gain, you they know, like a, money. Right? Yeah. It's a very neutral relationship. You yeah. can tell them and ask what do you think about this. And then right. they're going to tell you their opinion and then you can make an informed decision. I wish I did that. You know <laughs> what the problem is? <laughs> what the problem is? I don't think going to a therapist is the best option because mm -hmm. the therapist is not an observer of your like yes. relationship in your daily life right but they can hear you know what i remember one time i went to a therapist for the first time ever uh -huh. and then i didn't feel very comfortable with mm -hmm. her i didn't feel like divulging my secrets to yeah. her and then i was feeling like not just low but like beyond low really? i was one of like the desperate like times of my life mm -hmm. kind of thing and she's like so how are you doing I'm like oh doing very well and then she's <laughs> like she's like so what are your fears i'm like oh fears no fears you know and i'm old 
always like fearful of something. And then she's like, um, so, uh, she's like, oh, what's your problem? I'm like, well, child childhood abuse. And then she's like, so is it haunting you? And I'm like, oh no. And it like it haunts me every minute, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, uh, yeah. She kept asking me questions, and yeah. it just kept lying the entire yeah. time for some reasons. Mm. For a therapist, for example, she might not be like like this person might not be lying. To the therapist, yeah. but they might just be telling a one-sided story, you know, True. a single-sided story, True. and therefore they won't convey a full picture, you know. But that's part of therapy. Therapy is only one-sided, right? Unless you're going to couples therapy, but two people are there. I, therapy is only from your point of view. Yeah, but I think honestly, a couple therapy is better. Like I'm that's not, true. Couples therapy could be good, right? I think but I think so. if a person is in a situation where they want perspective without the influence of their partner be there, that's where you go to therapy. And I hope that for most people, if you're going to go to a therapist, you're paying money to them per hour. You have to be your most honest self, right? Yeah, I wasn't paying money when I went there because it was like the free (laughs) half an hour, the free half an hour. If you're paying money, you gotta be honest. (laughs) Right? Uh, So if it's kind of like talking to your friends, your friends are only hearing it from your perspective. They're not really hearing, they're not getting the full picture regardless, right? Yeah. And I think that's what a therapist, that's what therapy is. It's about hearing how this person's actions makes you feel Mm -hmm. and how you're processing it and how it's impacting your life. And the therapist can be like, I think this isn't really good for you. And then based on that, you can decide, do I want this person in my life or not, right? You may choose to ignore your therapist's advice. Mm -hmm. So, um, sisters out there, even if you're not a sister, this message is for you too. If you're (laughs) struggling, bae, just work on it. Get therapy, talk to your friends, just do better because, you know Message boomer. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Send me a message. If you're in a struggling relationship, uh, message us on Facebook. <laughs> Follow her uh, on Instagram. <laughs> I will get back to you. I always have lots of advice to give people. So um, do better. And know yeah. that there's lots of support out there. And for me, I could give you advice on how to be celibate. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Um, okay, well, that's <laughs> Like, <next>. really good. <laughs> better than you expect. <laughs> so that's against the rules. And you can't sit with us. You can't sit with us! So our topic for this week is on love, dating, and relationships. Obviously, this podcast is called Those Hosts Over There, which stands for a thought. <laughs> so um, just two thoughts. You're not a thought, though. Yeah, I know I know nothing you're about celib- love. You're a celibate thought. Are it's you like, asking me if I'm thirsty? Yeah, are you thirsty? For sex? Just for people. It doesn't have to be sex. Oh, heck no, no, no. no. I am, guys, thirsty as heck for love. Like that. Hey, quote, quote, <laughs> like, quote, 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 quote. <laughs> like literally, like literally, that I will not hide. You're like, for love. I'm, I'm not joking. Okay. Like my need for love, like exceeds my need for like water and food. Like I'm not. Oh joking. my god. Like, like the thing is, Whoa. yeah, I am. I don't think it's pretty obvious, but uh-huh. I am one of the most emotional people okay. ever. Like mm-hmm. I am. Like a ball of sentimentality <laughs> going Judging through the by world. That paragraph in your essay, I believe it. <laughs> That's actually true. Yeah, I forgot that you read the essay. But, but the thing is, I'm very. He placed his hand oh, in my sh- chest. Sh- <laughs> Let's keep it a secret. You know, <laughs> copyrights issues. <laughs> so, okay, so yeah. you're thirsty for love. So the thing is, yeah. So uh-huh. like. Am I in need for love? Like, for another person, for mm-hmm. companionship? Hell yeah. Mm. Am I in need for sex? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Like, I will not be attract- sexually attracted to a person unless I'm emotionally attracted to yeah. them. And for me yeah. to be emotionally attracted to a person, it's actually a process. It's not yeah, like a one-day thing, yeah. you know? Cool. So, yeah, thirsty for love, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like my honesty? I love it. 
no, no shame um, and vulnerability, you no, know? No, no shame and vulnerability. That's important. Speaking of vulnerability, um, this is something I think about a lot. And Michelle, my sister <laughs> and Noble's friend as well, is always asking me because I'm on Tinder. And Michelle is always asking me, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you what are you doing on Tinder? What do you want? Yeah. Right? And obviously, I'm on Tinder because it's fun and I like swiping. It's like a <laughs> game. Um, but I think for me, like, honestly, the reason I'm on Tinder is because it is superficial. And I'm lo- I'm looking for superficial right now. Okay, okay. So that's the reason I deleted Tinder, Tinder and Grinder right? is because so they're superficial. superficial you and know? I lo- and I think for a lot of people, and I notice this a lot on Tinder, a lot of people are are sticking the superficial, but don't communicate that well. I want people to know that I don't want a relationship right now. Yeah. And, I, and the reason I don't want a relationship, it's kind of complicated. And I was talking to my cousin about this earlier, is because. After my last relationship, I went through this period where obviously I was really, really sad, which was really weird because I broke up with him yeah. and I was really sad. People constructed it yeah. like if you break up with a person, you're like, oh, I'm good to go. And like, yeah, I was good to go to an extent. I, I got Tinder, I was dating people and whatever, but I was still really, really sad. And but that process of being sad, I think I turned it into maybe something more tangible. Okay. And like I turned it into a learning process. Okay. But that learning process has taken two years. Yeah, interesting. It's yeah. taken that long for me to feel like... And even up till now, I feel... Also because I was learning so much the past two years, I was also growing a lot the past two years mm-hmm. and focusing a lot of energy on myself. And now that I'm in this, like, I have this pattern, I have this routine, I have things that I really enjoy about being by myself, I can't see myself sharing so much of my life right now with somebody. Interesting. I just can't. Like, yeah. I literally, like, the thought of being in a relationship with a person right now literally scares me. For me, it's the opposite. Mm. So, for me, I've never, ever divulged a secret in my life before going to therapy. And mm. I only started going to therapy when I turned 18 years old uh-huh. during my first year at university. Uh-huh. So, for me, a lot of my life has been very secretive. Mm. And the, the part that's been open i was open about it with my counselor right now i'm starting to divulge a lot of stuff about like my my childhood abuse my sadness and stuff like that however not to a large extent because i still like to kind of preserve that privacy for for myself right so for me i want to be in a relationship in a loving supporting Mm -hmm. relationship because i'm fatigued of being that private you know, I, I think it's time to share my life I with another that. person. And I think, I think that's important. Yeah. Um, I, I, I felt that way. I put my life out there so much, but I, there's lots of things that I'm not, I'm not really an open person, which yeah. is kind of weird. Like, I'm very open, but I'm, at the same time, I'm not. S- same for me, because I'm very you, right? open about the stuff that people yeah. uh, deem as private, but yeah. I don't necessarily regard as such. Like, exactly. You know, for me, when exactly. I talk about, like, my celibacy and, like, yeah, yeah, my, my faith, yeah. for example, and stuff like that, that's not really private for I don't me. Think, I don't think so either. Yeah. Same as, same as Emotions yourself. are private. Emotions are private. You know, emotions yeah. are, like, sacred they for are me. They are sacred. I agree. Yeah, I agree. so that's the thing. And that's the beauty, I think, of relationships. And that was the beauty of my first relationship, that I was able to... Things I've never told a person before, things that are so personal to me, I was able to share with this person, who was my friend that I started dating. Yeah. And I knew that this person was the person I could share all this stuff with because there was that history of knowing the person. Mm-hmm. However, after that ended... It took me a while to how to explain it. It took me a while to move on from being so open with this person. And in the end, I felt like the person didn't really handle our, your openness. H- handle my openness with care. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, and that's not. I, I don't want to blame him completely because when a relationship kind of crum- crumbles, it just crumbles, right? <laughs> right <laughs> like, yeah. It all goes to shit. <laughs> yeah. 
so but at the end of the day i felt really bad about oh like you know all the stuff about me and i feel like you didn't really i don't want to say he used it against me but he didn't really take it in consideration like take it when into he consideration. treated you yeah he didn't really take it into consideration so now moving past that one of the reasons i think i'm very hesitant to be in another relationship is because i don't want to have to go through the process of being open all over again, again. yeah interesting yeah so i don't necessarily think that relationships are mandatory for example mm-hmm. i don't think i'll always have for example let's say i start dating and then i break up with a person i don't think i'll be immediately looking for another partner and for me like i know that i don't need sex to be honest Mm -hmm. so it's 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 never going to be a thing for me but i think it's about the emotional cycles that you go through throughout Mm -hmm. your lifetime right sometimes for me at least i need that like i have those emotional needs to be with another person but sometimes i don't exactly yeah and i only had these emotional needs after i actually started opening up to my counselor Mm -hmm. and realized how much of my life is secretive how much of my emotions are untold you you know yeah yeah Yeah, so that's the thing but i don't think everyone should be in a relationship all the time I agree yeah, I think and that's such a bad pattern I notice people who just jump from one uh, relationship I know, to I know. the next for me I think because I've seen how, how much learning I've done the past two years of being single I don't see how a person can learn so much and grow from huge relationships when you're jumping to the next one so soon after you need you need time to be by yourself right, yeah. to reflect and to grow and just be alone yeah I agree and I think because our society people our age and people in 2017 in this generation are so scared of being alone because we're never alone we're always surrounded by TV media like Facebook our phone I know and and you're never alone so people are so scared of being alone and one of the things I learned so much from breaking up with my ex and like breaking up for me is almost like a person dying when I broke up with my ex I compared it to losing my like two really close friends wow in the, in the past year it's, it's very similar to, yeah. to die. you have to grieve this person's not in your life anymore interesting um, so it is like one of the things about being alone is that when you're alone you're able to really feel your emotions without having any distractions okay you know when you're like you meet a new person there's, there's that excitement you're like ooh, like what's happening yeah. so it's distracting you from feeling sad and the process of feeling sad is so important there's a beauty in sadness <laughs> go girl <laughs> Go girl. There is. There, <laughs> you know? is. there is a beauty in sadness. <laughs> I swear to God, you're reminding me of the like um of a verse in the Quran. I'm uh-huh. not joking. Really? It talks about like how there's torture in love, but like it's very poetic. <laughs> and same thing here. You're, like there's beauty in there sadness. There is, there is a beauty in I, sadness. I think so. I, right? I think melancholy shapes who we are. It I does. truly do. It really does. And you can't feel that beauty in sadness when you have all these emotions of love or lust or attraction distracting you uh, from feeling fucking sad. I know. You have to feel it, right? And it's just like every else and i think for me one, one of the reasons why my first breakup was really hard is because i was running away from like feeling really sad but when i sat down with my emotions and i was like holy shit i am fucking sad mm-hmm. and then you reflect it and it's like it's beautiful to be like the reason i can feel sad is because i'm alive my heart is working my feelings are working so i'm able to feel sad and hopefully from that feeling of being sad mm-hmm. you can grow from it yeah so the thing is for me so what happened when mm-hmm. i started going to like counseling yeah. which has like been a year and a half mm-hmm. i actually it's been a year and a half of grieving my sadness so right. I'm, I'm tired of doing that I'm like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done of yeah. it you know so it's like we're in totally opposite yeah. like places yeah, yeah that's which is really interesting because yeah. for me i had a year and a half of grieving so yeah. like Bitch, now I want to be happy. (laughs) I am good. (laughs) I I feel like I'm still like in the weird. It's not like, it's not grieving, but it's like, it's like the final stage of grief, right? Yeah. And for me, it's because the past year of like grieving was obviously I lost this relationship and my uncle died and like I Uh, lost two friends. So there was a lot of grief, right? People, I think people confuse grief as like grief is 
are the opposite of happiness, but it's not. It's not. You can be happy and still be grieving. Honestly, you, you know? think be I think you could be depressed mm-hmm. and still have like yeah. um moments of happiness. Like True. you know, you that's can. the thing. Yeah. Like, so for me, I feel like my last the last step of my grief, I, I feel like I'll be like, okay, I'm like done grieving. I'm like, I'm ready to open up again. <laughs> and right now I'm like, fuck no, no, no send their pictures, I get in my emotions. Right. <laughs> like uh, these fuck boys, I get in it. Like right? no. Yeah. <laughs> You were telling me earlier about like the test that you you're gonna uh, you know ask the people you're. O M G. Oh no no. You have to tell me one of the questions. And we talked about this a few weeks ago about how like I feel like I I ask people really difficult questions when I first meet them. Because yeah. It's a way to weed out the dumb ones. Okay, so the thing is, if I am going on a date with a racialized individual uh-huh. the question that i'll ask them because like let's say the person is of a lebanese descent mm-hmm. and it'd be like if a european so-called white person walks mm-hmm. up to you and be like and was like go back to lebanon mm-hmm. what would your answer be and for me <laughs> like what would you do what would you say right so for me uh-huh. if he says like i won't say anything that's a an f you know <laughs> So no, he, no second date. <laughs> if he if he says I'll be like, oh, that's so mean. Mm-hmm. That's a D, and mm-hmm. there's no second date either. Uh-huh. If he says I'll be like, oh, like F you or something. Mm-hmm. That's a C minus. Okay. If he says go back to Europe to mm-hmm. where you belong, because I yeah. I okay that that's a hundred percent. But the thing is, the thing is, I don't believe in fighting. Like I don't believe in fire with fire. But mm-hmm. when it comes to racism. Like, using fire with fire when it comes to racism mm-hmm. actually provokes the racist person's thought. And they do mm-hmm. realize how wrong they are. That's my experience really? with it. Okay. Yeah. Like, one time, for example, a person was like, oh, when are you going back to Libya? Mm-hmm. And he knew that I yeah, I don't like Libya. I'll never go back there. I'm like, oh, never. And he's like, I think you should go back there. I'm like, well, I'll do. When you go back to Europe, to where you belong, <laughs> I'll do. Like, literally. It's important, but, but, though. But do I believe that? Europeans, mm-hmm. like so-called white people, should go back to Europe. No. Yeah. But it's a rhetorical yeah. answer, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important, and I think that's something that people <laughs> are so scared to do. People are so scared to um, ask intelligent questions on the first date. Yeah. People like talking about like dumb shit, and like I love talking about dumb shit too. I know. Do you... <laughs> the other question was, "Will you hold my, my hand, hand in public?" <laughs> <laughs> Because to you, physical intimacy it's or affection very important. is important, right? It's very important. I yeah. think it's important because what's the point of wasting time talking to this person and not knowing how they feel about important things? I know. So for me, I talk about things like religion, you know, like how I feel about religion, okay. um, things like reproductive rights, you know, because as adults, it's like, I want to know how you feel about a woman's body or your body, you know, because mm. if, if you're going to be my partner, you have a lot, we, we're going to talk a lot about my body and your body too, right? <laughs> okay. Because, you know, like as a woman, we go through stuff. It could be like my period. Like maybe I'm going to be just feeling not like super happy because I'm like fucking cramped because of my period. Okay. Or like just little things like that, like how a woman's body changes over the course of the month or whatever. I want to know how a person, a person doesn't feel like gross talking about stuff like that, you know? Okay, yes. Because I'm an adult, we have to talk about this shit. So for me, for example, I wouldn't talk about religion. Mm. Although, the know that I'm Muslim, yeah. perhaps. Like I'm just very open about yeah. it because it's a very stigmatized identity. Mm. And I do feel the responsibility yeah. to be open about it. The same yeah. way I'm open about my sexual orientation mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I wouldn't discuss religion because actually yeah. whatever their faith is yeah. or like even if they're atheists or something doesn't matter to me I, I feel like i would raise my kids to be believing in a faith i don't know what it is interesting yeah so for me i'd raise my kids as muslims 
Mm-hmm. However, they'll always know that they have the choice of converting exactly. to another faith or even becoming atheist yeah. or whatever. Like that they're interested. Raising them as being open-minded in. as possible, right? Yeah, Just yeah. like how you want your, to expose your kids to diversity of race and gender and yeah. sexuality, right? Yeah, but I'll definitely, like, I don't know, like, introduce the Muslim faith to yeah. them because that happens to be the yeah. faith that I do follow. But how but. would you do that if your partner was atheist? I think that's a later conversation. but, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's complicated, right? Yeah, but the thing is, to be honest, so I don't necessarily think that I could raise kids with a partner. Like, not just really? when it comes to, like, religion. Just, like, in general? Like, I cannot actually see another person mm. having a say on my kids because oh, the see. things i'm very traumatized by my childhood yeah and i want to create the best environment possible for, for my kids yeah. so yeah i honestly want to just be like a single dad yeah. i want to be the only one having so, yeah. custody over them yeah like stuff like that like the person could contribute yeah but i have the ultimate kind of yeah influence yeah. over, over oh, my children so it's like yeah, yeah i think no. maybe i talk about it in a more philosophical way i want to see how a person's how a person's religion influences their daily like decisions and how they see the world because it really does to an extent right and i think because i'm nigerian and some nigerians and i, I know because i was also very conservative nigerian Christian yeah. at one point mm-hmm. and because of how much i've changed over the past like five years i can't see myself dating a person who is very conservative christian okay i just can't like, I, I don't, and I think because for me, I often associate it with weird views on sexuality and gender yeah. and, like, body. So I, I like to think of, like, you know what, if you, you can be religious if you want to, but I want to know that your religion does not affect how you view other things. But I think a lot of other questions that it asks yeah. would show whether this person is a fundamentalist religious person. Because yeah. I've been on dates with fundamentalist That's religious true. people, and I swear to God, it's a nightmare. <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I believe you. Well, hopefully people have learned a lot from this wonderful chit Fruitful episode. <laughs> I know, right? What are your plans for this weekend? I don't know. What am I doing? Well, I'm leaving on the 13th, right? So The day after my birthday. Really? My birthday is next weekend. I'm turning 26. Oh, my... I know. Are you going to throw a party? I don't think so. I'm not really a birthday person. Neither am I. I'm not a... Yeah, I used to be a huge birthday person, but I was like, oh, that's such a waste of time. <laughs> I celebrated by myself. That's how Same I celebrate here. my birthday. Same here. Last year, I celebrated my birthday alone. But this year, it's, uh, on a, it's on a Friday, and I'm like, maybe I'll go out with Michelle and a few other people. Yeah. Maybe we'll go, like, I don't know. For me, it's always a, a time to reflect. It know? is such a time to reflect. Like, I know. The next, the next, I'm, like, trying to clear up my schedule for the next week, because I'm going to do a lot of reflection yeah. leading up to Friday on my birthday. Yeah. Um, obviously, I want to, like, get things finalized, like, things I'm working on, but also emotions. I want to like be as ready as possible, but it's not. It's not really a huge thing for me mentally. I have to be prepared to go into twenty six with like a huge bang. Yeah, which means just like being emotionally ready and feeling as grounded as possible. I'm yeah. honest. I'm gonna be with homestay during yeah. my birthday, and I'm actually gonna let them know yeah. that I might start crying on my birthday. Like just, <laughs> just be prepared for whatever like, might happen. Don't be alarmed. Yeah, it's, it's like it. yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening this week, and we will see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.